0: And BuzzFeed Daily listeners can receive 65% off your first month of medication management and care counseling at Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed. Go to Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed for 65% off your first month. Join Cerebral today on their mission to make quality mental health care accessible and affordable for all.
1: Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. You can watch the NFL playoffs like a fan, or you can prep like a scout if you listen to the award-winning Move the Sticks podcast. The show is hosted by me, Daniel Jeremiah, and my partner, Bucky Brooks. The two of us are bringing the knowledge from a career as NFL talent scouts to the podcast world so fans can watch and understand the nuances of the game like never before. We'll break down film from the professional and college game to get you ready for the Super Bowl, the draft, and kickoff next fall. Subscribe now and listen to the Move the Sticks podcast on the iHeartRadio app on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Chrissy Teigen apologized, again, for her history of cyberbullying and harassment. Lin-Manuel Miranda is also sorry, acknowledging the lack of dark-skinned Afro-Latino actors in In the Heights. And we're talking with Alyssa Bereznak about the history and legacy of the Kardashian family. It's June 15th, 2021. Hey friends, I'm Casey Rackham. And I'm Shiloh Watson. Welcome to BuzzFeed Daily. Okay, Casey, so I I didn't actually watch, but the Westminster Dog Show happened and Wasabi, a Pekingese, won. And this dog just looks like if you put it in water, he'll melt. (laughs) (laughs) No, I saw a picture of him and he... He's
0: fabulous. He's a Very. fabulous dog. <laughs> but w- what, like, the the best part was I think that the dog's mom's name is Sushi, and his name is Wasabi. Wasabi. So I really A-plus. do enjoy all of that, to
1: be honest. A <laughs> plus. Okay, so today we are leaning hard into the apologies. First up, Chrissy Teigen's apology for being an internet troll. On Monday, she wrote a lengthy post on the site Medium, responding to major internet backlash over her past tweets. Past offenses include what she described as, quote, harsh tweets aimed at child bride Courtney Stodden, Lindsay Lohan, and designer Michael Costello, among others. Breaking a month-long social media silence, she said, quote, There is simply no excuse for my past horrible tweets. My targets didn't deserve them. No one does. Many of them needed empathy, kindness, understanding, and support, not my meanness masquerading as a kind of casual, edgy humor. I was a troll, full stop, and I am so sorry. Tegan said she was not seeking sympathy, adding, I'm not a victim here. I mean, you know,
0: (laughs) yeah, (laughs) Yeah. there's not much more to say except that she tweeted those things. She did that. Um, I will say, like, not that I want to be, like, praising her or anything like that, but I think the only positive here is that she did step away for a long time, which I don't think a lot of people do. Yeah. You know? And I do think that there is something to that, of taking a breather, really assessing what you did and hopefully reflecting on it and learning from it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I feel like there's really not much else you can do, but apologize, take time, like you said, away to learn from your mistakes, but you can't change the past, you know? (laughs) Okay. So moving on in
0: the Heights creator, Lin-Manuel Miranda has apologized for the lack of dark skinned Afro Latino actors featured in the film. The movie was initially celebrated for putting Latino stories at the forefront and giving Afro-Latino culture a rare spotlight in Hollywood. But after the film premiered in theaters and on HBO Max, many people took issue with the lack of dark-skinned actors in leading roles. Director John Chu defended the movie, noting how many of the backup dancers were Afro-Latino. However, on Monday, Miranda posted a response to the backlash on Twitter, quote, I hear that without sufficient dark skin Afro-Latino representation, the work feels extractive of the community we wanted so much to represent with pride and joy. He apologized, adding, I'm learning from the feedback and I thank you for raising it and I'm listening.
1: OK, so again, I mean, I feel like after you apologize, like, what else can you do? The movie has been made. But it does feel like, I don't know, I kind of expected more from him. No,
0: no, no. I mean, I totally get what you're saying. It's like, yes, he, he was like leading this charge. So it's like it is on him. And then, you know, on the other hand, it really is on casting and producers as well. You know, it, it takes this whole machine to really make it work. And obviously a ball was dropped. All right. So moving on. As you know, last week marked the final season of keeping up with the Kardashians. Now that we've had some time to process the end of an era, we're taking a look back at the show that changed pop culture as we
1: know it, as well as the legacy that remains. Joining us to talk about the past, present, and future of all things Kardashian is Tekken culture writer at The Ringer, Alyssa Bereznak. She wrote the piece An Industry Grows in Calabasas." Hi, Alyssa. Hey guys, how's it going? Great. Okay, so we have to ask: What's your relationship with Keeping Up with the Kardashians? Do you love it, hate watch it, only watch it for work? You can be honest. <laughs> yeah, I wonder. I was
2: wondering if you could tell from my piece. I actually never <laughs> really liked the show very much, but I'm just like have because of my beat, like always have to pay attention to it. And I always say that the way that I consume pop culture is almost like a whale eats. Like they just open their mouth underwater and like a bunch of stuff comes in and it's like, they're not really that discerning. And that's exactly how I consume the internet. So the Kardashians got in there. They're pretty good at that.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, the success of the show involves the shaping of each Kardashian character, you know, the creation of their own personas. The key way this was done was by using the media as a tool, i.e. there is no bad press mentality. What do you make of how they handled the media and how it might have been key to what they became?
2: I think it was really visionary in the very beginning just watching those early episodes and how they didn't shy away from the paparazzi and the tabloid attention. And in fact, played it up when I don't know if there was a a huge amount of focus on, on something like Chloe going to the jail for like two hours or something like that. So I, I really think that they were like, they thought it demonstrated their legitimacy. If people cared and if people were covering them, That would create like a groundswell of attention. And then at a certain point, obviously, it got to the point where like they really did want privacy. They got to like celebrity level where maybe the paparazzi wasn't always welcome. (laughs) That being said, they always used it. There was never a time when they were like,
1: we want to be private now. So another thing I want to talk about is the practice of monetizing your personal life. I mean, this is so common nowadays, but before keeping up with the Kardashians, not so much. It's almost as if the first season foreshadowed what would become the culture of self-promotion. So what do you remember from those early days that really illustrates this?
2: What's fascinating is by season two, everything that the Kardashians do, like their little beauty trip treatments and like... Mm-hmm stopping by the boutiques they owned were all paid promotion, basically. Like mm-hmm. but, like every time they went to Dash, they'd be like, so we own this business, Dash, <laughs> in Calabasas. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, like if enough people watch that, they're going to go visit. Like they're going to go visit the website. And at the end, in the end credits of the early episodes, they would include the Dash and Smooch, which was like their children's store boutique websites so viewers could go there and the same goes with like i think i remember in the second or third season kim goes to get like cellulite treatment like a laser cellulite treatment on her butt and that was all a paid promotion and she like explained what it was and at the end there was like um a little like sort of end credit thanking that business so it started really local it started like Really small time. That was the beginning of it all. And then moving forward, I think we all saw, like in real time, how that played out on Instagram and many other social media platforms. You know, you can buy practically everything related to beauty and fashion with a Kardashian or a Jenner tag
1: on it. Right. So, I mean, was there a turning point in the show when you realized that nothing was off limits? <laughs> I mean, obviously, it was the Chris Humphreys wedding, right? Yeah. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know about you guys, but
2: that rem- 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 was was a real breaking point in terms of shamelessness. Though, you know, Kris Jenner, like, pointing her little digital camera at Kim as she's posing nude for Playboy and saying, you're doing, you're amazing, doing amazing, sweetie. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> the the classic meme i think the chris humphrey's one for me was especially funny because their lives were moving so fast and the drama was being so digested for promotion so quickly that at the beginning of that episode there was a disclaimer that said like 72 days later like kim ended her marriage with like Chris, like they hadn't even been able to air the episode before it happened, which is just hilarious. I mean, I guess everything's like on the table with them though. Fascinatingly, I felt like specifically Kim in the final season was really, really private about her breakup with Kanye. And maybe that is like demonstrating sort of a new turn of events or a new mindset for her.
0: And we will definitely get into that when we come back to talk more about the Kardashian empire.
1: You actually don't. Hello, I'm Minnie
0: Driver, and on my podcast, Minnie Questions, I ask trailblazers across different disciplines the same seven questions. Questions about the inflection points in their life, what they like least about themselves, and what relationship has defined love for them. This season, I'm coming back with new trailblazers like Blondie vocalist Debbie Harry, journalist and television host Jeremy Clarkson. Editor-in-Chief of Insta Magazine, Laura Brown, and creative juggernaut, Goldie. Join me as we continue this exploration on Season 2 of Mini
1: Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. What grows in the forest? Trees? Sure. Know what else grows in the forest? Our imagination, our sense of wonder, and our family bonds grow too. Because when we disconnect from this... And connect with this. We reconnect with each other. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council.
0: Welcome back. We're doing a Kardashian deep dive with the ringers' Alyssa Bereznak. I want to talk about the, quote, Kanye era. Talk to us about his entrance and how he managed to shake up what was already a powerful empire at that point.
2: So as I mentioned, the Chris Humphrey's marriage did not last long, famously 72 days. And not long after that, Kim sort of like whispers of Kim dating Kanye uh, specifically on keeping up with a Kardashian sort of enter. So she like borrows his car and her sisters are like, why are you borrowing Kanye's car? Like, you know, they really build it up because they want the reveal. And then the next season, he finally comes on the show to redo her closet. You know, this is just as much a way to get like, you know, the most famous rapper in the world at the time on the show as it is for him to debut as this sort of like fashion industry genius. So he comes in with a stylist and here they are like making over what many people might think of as the the hottest woman in the world. (laughs) And it was just like a great combination of these two powerful people. You know, she's like the relatable sort of stylable Barbie doll in some sense and he is this like mastermind who like art visionary both in the realms of music and fashion. So I think he like that really coincided with him launching his Yeezy lines and all of that and pretty soon the entire family got sucked into it. And I just remember thinking like yes they themselves like all of their platforms combined is one of the most valuable marketing platforms that there was at the time. I mean, it was just really like they were unstoppable.
1: So that brings me into my next question. Was there a moment in this culture when you sense things started to change that, you know, this Kardashian formula, so to speak for fame was past its prime. Was it at all shocking when the series announced its final season?
2: It wasn't shocking to me. No, I think it felt like it was time and it was overdue. Um, You know, I think in like January 2020 is when we really had the big TikTok boom and it became clear that Gen Z was dominating the cultural conversation. And I would say like the Kardashians and their partnership with Kanye Really dominated the culture of, like, I don't know, are you guys millennials? Like, what, how old are we mm. talking here? <laughs> yeah. Like, but like, they were probably like really in our pop culture imaginations. And I think there was just a moment when it became clear that, like, not only had the figures that we adored or like, you know, put on pedestals sort of drifted off into their own specific audiences, but like, just, even the platforms they were using felt a little bit old
0: school. Yeah. So I do want, I want to talk about that because it's like, okay, so though not on TikTok, we still see the Kardashians in their personal lives dominate the tabloids, you know, like especially right now when it comes to Courtney and Travis Barker's relationship, Kim and Kanye's divorce. How much of the Kardashian story that they're selling to us do you actually believe? And how much of it do you think is them just trying to stay relevant or continuing their marketing platform? <laughs>
2: Yeah. I mean, this goes back to like why I don't like the show. I can't parse what's genuine and what's not. It feels like there's just a lot of them glomming on to a certain culture, a certain pop star and just like exploiting it for all it's worth. And so it's like, yeah, I know that they all have their own personalities and their own family dynamic and that's entertaining to an extent, But it's never going to be interesting to me like it is watching The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, which I'm a huge fan of. You know, I don't hate reality TV because there it's fun. You can sort of, like, parse what's genuine and parse, like, who's there for fame and who's not. But you don't get the sense – I mean, you know, they're all going to be, like, influencers afterwards. But you don't get the sense that this is part of, like, just much larger media machine, like – you know, being puppeteered
1: by Chris Jenner. Okay, so, you know, all of that being said, what did you actually think of the final season, specifically the finale?
2: The finale was fascinating to me because, like, it was, I don't know, I had recently watched the Friends reunion. I don't know if you guys saw that. It kind of felt like they were doing, like, a Friends reunion type thing, which is so ironic because it's, like, they're, like, going back to these, like, family memories And really the theme is like, look how far we've made it. Like, I think at one point, Kim is like talking, you know, they go and visit their old like condo that they think is like a shack now, which (laughs) looked pretty nice to me, to be honest. Um, And uh, like like to try and show their kids to like have them be appreciative. And they, they give their kids like a highlights reel of the show because they're worried about what they'll eventually think of it when they get older. And and, and then they do like little quizzes and charades or whatever um, related to specific moments in the show. And they highlight all the ones that became like kind of legendary, which I even mentioned a, a few of them in my piece, you know, like Scott Disick shoving a wad of money in a waiter's mouth in Vegas. It's just like a classic and terrible Scott Disick moment <laughs> and I think like embodies a lot of like the worst of the show <laughs> and then like stuff like Kim losing her diamond earrings and Bora Bora and like making that like really uh-huh. funny like scrunched clown crying face <laughs> <laughs> this all feels like it's just more content generating more content it's just like this content vortex where like Chloe's filming them with a camcorder and is like, we're going to dig this up in 10 years. And you know, they're going to post it on whatever platform they're using. And it was just so bizarre. Cause it's like, when you think about it, if you take one step back and think about like the camera crew being there and filming, it's just like, them documenting their lives and then the camera crew documenting them documenting their lives and the show just gets so meta but you know i have to acknowledge like they're an entertaining and captivating part of our entertainment and they're just trailblazers like even though i like might not necessarily be a fan of who they are as a family and a fan of the show I was sitting in awe thinking like, yeah, you guys accomplished a lot and like going, you know, for this piece, going back through all the years, it was just like hard to believe that like they wielded media in this like super intelligent way.
1: Yeah. They have a, they're going to go down in history for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining us.
2: Yeah, of course. I was like so happy to talk about it. I hope you guys have a wonderful day. All right, that's it for today. Come back and join us tomorrow. And remember, Wasabi is best in show both
0: at Westminster and in our hearts. Be sure to subscribe to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app, Apple
1: Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to come back for more what you love about BuzzFeed coming to you daily. Peacock streaming new movies every week at PeacockTV.com. We'll have the biggest movies from the Twilight Saga to Selma and Bad Boys 1 and 2.
2: Bad Boys for life.
1: All your favorite movies like Die Hard, The Matrix Trilogy, and Good Will Hunting. That's the good stuff. Plus, movies the whole family will love. How to Train Your Dragon, the Harry Potter film series, Brilliant. and Shrek 1 and 2. It's so good to be home. With tons of blockbuster hits you can't not watch. Sign up at PeacockTV.com.
2: The Gangster Chronicles podcast is a weekly conversation that revolves around the underworld. From criminals and entertainers to victims of crime and law enforcement, we cover all facets of the game. Gangster Chronicles podcast doesn't glorify or promote illicit activities. We just discuss the ramifications and repercussions of these activities. Because after all, if you play gangster games, you are ultimately rewarded with gangster prizes. Our Heart Radio is number one for podcasts, but don't take our word for it. Find the Gangster Chronicles podcast on the iHeartRadio app
1: or wherever you get your podcasts. Raffi is the voice of some of the happiest songs of our generation. Baby, Baby beluga So, who is the man behind Baby Beluga? Every human being
2: wants to feel respected. When we start with young children, all good things can grow from there.
1: I'm Chris Garcia, comedian, new dad, and host of Finding Raffi a new podcast from iHeartRadio and Fatherly. Listen every Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.